It's easy to become sour when things don't go your way, when the people around you don't support your dreams. At Sour Kids Productions, our slogan is stay sour. We don't let negativity stop us. It motivates us so we can motivate you. If you are a podcaster or streamer and want a team behind you that cares about your vision, come to the right place. Contact us, info at sourkidsproductions.com or DM us on any platform. Don't miss an opportunity to fulfill your dreams. Take advantage of them. Stay sour. Sour Kids Productions. What's going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of the Final Drive here at Sour Kids Production Studios. It is Alec. It is Tony. Once again, here for another episode of the Final Drive recap and all things the NFL Week Ten and so forth. We have some fun things to get into today, Tony. Obviously, a lot happened this week. Lots of excitement in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Lots of exciting games. Uh, you know, the Jefferson, the Jefferson one-handed snag. Uh, obviously, the the Cowboy Packer game was full of drama until the very end. Mm. Uh, you know. The playoff picture is starting to form and take mm. shape a little bit. Uh, the Eagles lost, so they're no longer there are no more undefeated, undefeated. teams. The seventy-two Dolphins are all cheering right now because that's done. Mm-hmm. Washington is very much in the mix of the NFC East now. It looks like mm-hmm. with Heineke, they're they're, they're playing better. Um, you know, Tampa kind of got you know they got things they got things back right again against the Seahawks in Germany. Mm-hmm. Which again, I love seeing the NFL expand. Also, like you know, they have the London games. They're playing in Mexico mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks, and then Germany last week. Uh, so, love to and see the, the Germany expansion. crowd. I really liked what they, they you know, yeah. involved they got. That was pretty cool to see. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, lots of exciting things happen. I'll throw it to you first, and we'll just dish some 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 thoughts back and forth. But week ten, what were some of your big takeaways? Uh, I don't want to start with the Cowboys. I'm no. We'll, we'll we'll get into the Cowboys in a little bit. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get into them because. You... Um, do you want to talk about let's? Do you want to talk about the NFC North in general? Because all those games were exciting. Like, all the teams. Well, I wouldn't say all the teams won because the Detroit and Chicago played each other, but it Chicago. felt like both teams won. I, right. Like I truly thought like they both won that game. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with let's start with obviously Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Big game on the road against Buffalo. You know the Vikings. You know they were a one loss team, and I think everybody thought like, okay, you know they're they're a fun team. You know the record's good, but they need that they need that signature win. I think it's the Philly Junior. You know they were they were looking like Philly Junior, where you're like, it's good. The record is really good. Like I'm I like what I see. They look like they have everything, but like right. I'm not sold. But the difference is I'm now sold on Minnesota more than Philly. Yeah, I agree. I think for the Vikings, you know, the obviously the snack by Justin Jefferson in the fourth quarter, fourth and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins just Perk uh, Cousins, as we I'm gonna call yeah. him from here on out. Uh, uh, non prime time Kirk. Twelve o'clock. Twelve o'clock kickoff. Kirk is elite. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake. But uh, you know, fourth and eighteen, game on the line, and you see, uh, I think it's Dane Dane uh, Dane Jackson, the Bills DB, has his hands on the ball. You know, and you see Jefferson with the one hand up come down with it. And that game was full of, you know, just pure nonsense in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buffalo obviously kind of, I think, sold more than anything. Mm-hmm. But, hey, it wins and win, especially for a team like the Vikings where, you know, again, I think the, like you mentioned, I think the outside chatter with them was, 
Their record's good. They're a one-loss team. They have all these weapons. But much like Philly, you didn't have that signature win against an elite playoff team. And now you do. Exactly. And it's not just the Buffalo Bills. It was Buffalo in Buffalo. Their only knock that that I would have against it was that Josh Allen wasn't perceived to be 100%. That was the whole talk of you know mm-hmm. this week was is if he's going to play or not. And right. Do you think that had an effect on this game? No. I mean, I kind of think with Buffalo – in particular, Josh Allen, you know, he played very Brett Favre-esque there at the end, trying to play hero ball. And, uh, you know, I think Buffalo maybe needed this loss because I think this is a team that maybe throughout the year have bought into the hype of, you know, oh, they're an automatic contender for the Super Bowl. You know, they were a coin toss away last year from going to the Super Bowl. Like, I think Buffalo needed this loss in the way it happened to kind of, you know, get back to reality. You know, you know what happened last year was great, but – Forget last year. That doesn't count. Like, this is a new season. Mm-hmm. Everyone got better. Obviously, in the AFC, everyone got so much better. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you're a team that is looking to compete, you got to put last year behind you and move forward. This is a new season. And, mm-hmm. uh, again, they ultimately, I think, costed themselves this game. But I think they needed this to kind of cool down and, and realize, hey, you know, there's still X amount of games left. We got to play every single game to the fullest. And, Nothing's given in the playoffs. You could right. be a one seed to get bounced by an eight, a seven seed. It happens. Mm-hmm. It's happened before. So, yeah, um, hundred percent. So, do you want to move on to the uh, Detroit game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Detroit. Uh, psh, I mean, that was all offense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Between the Bears and the and the Lions, and I think kudos to the Bears for finally realizing, hey, we got a mobile quarterback. Let's, he has he has legs. Let's use his mobility, not because like, I like how they weren't just using him as a runner, but they mm. were like playing to his abilities. So they were doing these little RPOs, yeah, like yeah. to the right, you know, moving everybody to the right, where he could just get out of the pocket and then just sling it where he, it needs to be, you know. Yeah. Um, like that uh, touchdown to Cole Komet, you know. Yep. Um, so I like what I saw there, and then I, with the Lions, I don't know what their offense like their offensive identity is still because deandre swift it still seems like he's not 100 percent. they just put up points exactly <laughs> the, just... the Lions just put up points mm-hmm. uh <laughs> i mean uh yeah you know the lions to me i know everybody myself included bought into the hype of the lions and in in the offseason with hard knocks and going forward and i think it didn't get off to quite the start we expected but, you know, obviously last week against Dallas, they were competitive, you know, pretty much up until the fourth quarter when the offense imploded and, you know, turnovers kind of took that game away. Mm-hmm. But then uh, that was two weeks ago. And then last week against Green Bay at home, you got a big one against the Packers, mm-hmm. uh, which really ha- has not happened in Detroit in a long time, you know, in, yeah. in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this week, you know, you go on the road and you put up, you know, 30 plus points uh, and then the defense ultimately comes through in the end. Mm-hmm. which had kind of been the problem for the Lions, you know, up until this point. Mm-hmm. So the defense came through. Um, and who knows? You know, they got two first-round picks this year. You know, I think Dan Cam- I think Dan Campbell still is the right guy mm-hmm. for this team. I think he needs – Another teach. offseason or two to kind of acquire more talent is what it is. Well, not only talent, but I think coaching staff around him could yeah. be a little bit better. Yeah. Because I don't think they're quite there up to standard, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you know, and I think that's expected with young teams. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so Dan Campbell's just trying to figure it out. And uh, like I said, you know, Jeff Akuda, the former top pick out of, Ohio, of <laughs> out of Ohio State, you know, three years ago, has really kind of had a rough start to his NFL career. Had a pick six against the Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a really great season for them. And, you know, I kind of thought maybe like, dang, you know, like if you were a contender, you should have tried to trade for him that deadline because he's having a, a low-key great year as cornerback one for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lions, I like the direction. Acquire more talent. And, you know, I think if you don't like or if you don't get the quarterback, uh, you know, whether it's Young or Stroud in the draft at one or two, I can run it back with Jared Goff one more season. Because Jared Goff has shown me to the least he's not the problem. Mm-hmm. Like, Jared Goff, and now even in L.A., you know, I mean, I know it's a, a different team when compared to when Goff was there, but Jared Goff is serviceable. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. a serviceable quarterback. He's, he's not, like, going to go above and beyond. But yeah. He's going to be, like, uh, Jimmy G level. Yeah, Like, for he's sure. not going to throw a game away, but he's not going to, like, He's not going to crawl his way back into a game either. Exactly. But, you know, he's he is what he is, and I think from the Lions, um, especially this year, because he's played a, a – because, you know, obviously Amara has developed into a, a solid wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I think with the he, – he's the guy who could play, you know, next year if they opt to not draft a quarterback. Yeah. So – if they like someone they see a couple of years from now, I wouldn't be shocked. If yeah, for, for sure. And then obviously with the, the Chicago, um, seeing them kind of build the offense around Justin Fields because of the lack of playmakers at the at the tight end and at the receivers is very nice to see. Mm-hmm. Because you know for the first five week, five six weeks it, it looked horrible. Oh yeah, because the offensive line couldn't block, they couldn't run the ball, um, and the Bears had. Field sitting in like a pocket passer, and that's just not his mo. Mm-hmm. He it's the RPO. He likes to, as you mentioned, with with the, the motion, getting guys lined up and kind of you know give Fields the option to run around and mm-hmm. and make some plays. And uh, you know, from the Bears, you have your quarterback. Now it's all about can you build around him and get good and get the right pieces around Fields because exactly. you, you have your quarterback. And I like what you said about right pieces, not yeah. the best pieces, because no. I think. A player that I think is a good piece, but it's not fitting the scheme is like people like Darnell Mooney. I understand right. think he's just kind of your vertical guy. He's just a you know a, just a more physical receiver. Right. I think you need someone that's like a little bit more of a route runner. You need a crisp you know route runner in that. You know, you know I think the, the perfect guy. I think the perfect comp. I think, um, you know, think about RG three back in twenty twelve, his rookie season, and mm-hmm. his his offense, his game was almost kind of identical to a sense to Justin Fields, but a great guy, the the at the, then the Redskins signed was uh, Pierre Garçon from the Colts. Yes. Garçon was a, a uh, you know, very tough, come across the middle of the field, take a hit, will mm-hmm. run all the routes right, a very good receiver, and I think that's the kind of guy you need for Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be an interesting offseason for the Bears, to say the least. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like I said, they have their quarterback. Quarterback's not the problem in Chicago anymore. Now mm-hmm. can you just – Please, for the love of God, build around him because that is your quarterback. He's mm-hmm. good. Exactly. Can he just build around it? And you're gonna need to like now upgrade that defense again. Like it, it's it's kind of crazy to see the uh, turnaround on that defense. How like it was a really bad defense, and then we saw it get really good in like mm-hmm. 2017, and now to just see that really tank is just kind of devastating. I mean, the only. That traded away Roquan Smith for a second round pick, and then they traded away Robert Quinn for a 
fourth. That's what I thought. So you get draft picks nonetheless, and I mean, that's going to help you out this year a ton as far as the rebuilding process goes. And I mean, really, let's go and talk about this four team, the Packers, because the Packers, you know, we'll call it like I see it. They're not a good team this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Having said that, they won. <laughs> it's like no matter what, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones will always be on their money against the Cowboys because that just seems to be y'all's problem. And, and that's just one of the things. Every year. Like, the, every team will show their best against Dallas. That's like the worst issue with Dallas is like we're always going to be under the most scrutiny, the most pressure to like win games. It's just That's just how it is when you have the label of America's team. You know, people love to see you fall and they love to see you and they hate to see you win sometimes. So, like, yeah. games like this was just, like, the perfect game. You know, it was – everything was stacking up in Green Bay's favor in terms of, like, story. It was the, the backs against the wall. You're on a five-game losing streak. Um, but you're back at home. You're playing your bread-and-butter Dallas Cowboys that you can always seem to sneak a win off of, you know. Yep. It was the perfect storm for them, you know, and ju- we just came off a bye week. You, you know? had to, you, all you had to do was slay the dragon, Tony. Mm-hmm. That's all and you had well, to do. And my, another thing was, I think the biggest issue was it really was. I'm not putting too much blame on Dak on this game. I know those two interceptions were key. Well, no, no, weren't even key. They were like bad, but they were in well, the first and, half. And one was on. Uh, one was on CD. One, one was, was on, on CD. Yeah, one was they on. were both on the. The players. What was on CD? That option route. You just got to realize. You got to recognize the coverage, and mm-hmm. you got to sit and be patient. If you see this, if you see the soft spot, you got to sit. Mm-hmm. He ran up. Dak mm-hmm. obviously, you know, no communication, but that was on CD. That second pick was yeah. Um, and then I look at the defense, man. I think the Packers figured out how to expose the Cowboy defense. Exactly, and I, I think figured, they figured it out. And that's why, I, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Tech McKinley was looking at. Uh, didn't we sign Tack McKinley? Yeah. See, I think it's notice just, it wasn't a very enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I think it's much needed depth. Yeah. Um, but it's also uh, like I said, Quinn knows what he's doing. I'm gonna trust him with the defense, but I think the biggest issue was Dallas not having a consistent run game. And I, Makai and I talked about this. Pollard you is bo- not. You, you both. I'm telling you right now, Pollard is not RB one. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you all this. He proved it last week, and like. Yeah, I love. I know y'all loved it. Just saw it from the Bears, but like we just said, the Bears are still figuring things out. They're not there yet. It's a good defense at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And Pollard is not an every down back. He proved it. Like Zeke, you need Zeke on those first down carries. You need him on those second down carries when it's tough sledding on those fourth and shorts. You want Zeke to like keep that defense. Not even like they're not gonna blitz for Zeke. They're not like not every team is gonna like key in on Zeke on those fourth and shorts. But they're going to keep him honest. They're going to be like, they still are going to account for Zeke. So, like, it gives Dallas that option to be like, oh, they look like they're going to lead up. We can just play power run right right yeah. up the gut, you know? And I think to me the biggest thing with the Packers was that you have two good backs, obviously, in Dylan and Jones and the Cowboys. We've talked about on this very show before. They, the, the lack of depth along the defensive line. Uh, is there. And, uh, you know, with the ends, you know, Lawrence isn't the guy he once was. Sam Williams is young, but he's a better pass rusher than a run stuffer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you saw them not set the edge well enough. And not to mention, you know, with no real big, beefy interior guy to take up those double teams and, and you know, at least get in the way of the holes. Mm-hmm. It allowed Jones and Dylan to kind of run all over, and then the play action is there. And uh, I think you all owe Anthony Brown an apology. 
Oh, Go- <laughs> no, I still think he's – he was the one that let the big Go- touch on the, per- the first one. Yeah, so what's but, his name? But then, but then they, they – oh, Watson. Watson, but the, yeah. But then they absolutely picked on everybody else after that. I, I think Calvin Joseph is not a corner. Should have gone. A, he, he's a special teams guy. Should have gone to jail. Um, but just kidding, but, but I think another, like a great point to your two running back system in green Bay is that they always had a fresh running back. They had an AJ Dillon fresh or an Aaron Jones fresh. Mm. And that's how it usually is in Dallas. And when you see that in Dallas with his fresh Zeke and a fresh Pollard, you get big plays from Pollard. You get nice runs from Zeke. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't have that. We don't have that luxury right now. And so I kind of think it's almost like mirroring the same problems Dallas had last year in the sense that when Zeke got hurt and banged up, you couldn't run the balls effectively, which then put the pressure on Dak. And I, I like Dak, don't get me wrong, but the record, it is what it is. And since 2019, he's 4-9 against winning teams. Now, obviously, those could be circumstantial because the team might not be good enough or whatever, but, you know, as Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are. So with Dak... And the play calling, I just don't trust that going forward, especially if Zeke is going to play. If he's going to play banged up, then it's the same thing as last year. Well, my thing is that, like but I said. But minus, you don't have Amari Cooper now. Mm-hmm. You don't have a reliable number two. Because Gallup is coming off the ACL, and he's mm-hmm. been sluggish. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the Cowboys took a risk in Jalen Tolbert and expected him to be ready week one. Hasn't made an impact since. And Noah Brown, you can't constantly count on Noah Brown week in, week out to be your second best mm-hmm. receiver. Right. So now you have... It's the same offense from a year ago, but minus Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's why I think the Cowboys need to pull the trigger and get OBJ right now. I'd love to get OBJ, too. That's I what they need to that. do. But I think I would pull back on criticism from Dak just okay. solely because, like, this is okay. my thing. Was the second half, okay. he didn't really make any mistakes. He was doing the right things. Like, I'm, like, I'm sorry that offense was crap because – the offensive identity is run first, then we can set up that pass, like yeah. the hour passes, and they just weren't. And um, I think a great example of like Dak playing good, but like playing, like having mistakes and getting heavily scrutinized over other quarterbacks is Josh Allen. Nobody's calling Josh Allen and saying the same thing about Josh Allen. He threw two interceptions in the second second half. Well, the problem to the with, same aging cornerback Patrick Peterson. Hey, we don't slander Pat Pete. I'm not. But, I'm saying but, he's an old corner. But, we didn't expect this out of Patrick. But Peterson. I'll, I'll say this to counter that, and you know, I think it's because obviously, I think Josh Allen. We all know he's a top three, top two quarterback. Mm-hmm. Dak. I mean, like I told you this before. I think the ceiling with Dak Prescott is. He's a top 10 to 12 quarterback in the NFL, and I don't think Dak will ever be good enough to get you to a Super Bowl. I'm just saying in this for this week. Josh though, Allen has proven he can get away with those kind of plays. Right, but I'm saying. Oh, we got a comment? I think it's just depth. I don't think it's anything spectacular or bad. They're just trying, they're just trying things out because mm-hmm. obviously with C.D. Lamb has proven he, he, he can be a one. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Gallup's coming off the ACL and isn't quite there. Tolbert's been kind of a real big disappointment for that team. You don't have a reliable number two threat, whether it's you know the receivers, the tight ends, the running backs. So I just think you know Callaway coming out of Florida was the real speedster kind of guy, real deep threat. Mm-hmm. Um, he's cool, but he fills it out. He hit fizzled out in Cleveland due to some off the off the field problems, um, and. Again, I think the move has to be go sign Odell Beckham no matter what. Mm-hmm. If you want to compete, you got to sign Odell. Mm-hmm. 
Because I don't think with because I'm mean, we seen it we saw this last year when Zeke was hurt they couldn't run the ball effectively. You put the pressure on Dak and these receivers, they couldn't get it done. Right? Mm-hmm. It's the same problem this year, but now take away Amari Cooper and you don't have a number two receiver. That's that's what it is. So but Callaway think, is cool, but I think but the beauty in this year is that they they have now took the time to sit Zeke out a couple weeks now. That's yeah, that might they're, help. Yeah. They're taking the time like whereas last year Zeke played injured. Yeah. That was that was what cost him. But so now they're taking their time with this. They're but last year with the PCL, no matter what, Zeke was me playing through pain no matter what. Mm-hmm. So now I just wonder if the time off helps him or not. Like you get what I'm saying? Like is he gonna play hurts though regardless? I think it's gonna be you're getting like they're yeah. two weeks now, I think is a big deal because like yeah. we're I feel like it's like known that Zeke is kind of like the uh like a warrior in that sense. He will yeah. play through injury and he will he doesn't miss time. He's kind of like one of those more like reliable players on our team. For sure. So the, them taking their time with him coming back from injury is very telling. They're saying like, we want him back at, you know, full capacity. We can't afford to have like what we had last year. I think that's what they're looking at. Um. So I think that's you know, I think that's going to be the difference between last year's that they're taking time now. They're they rather lose a game against Green Bay, you know, and to like win games further down the line and get us into the playoffs with a healthy Zeke, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, one word, Sergio, to sum up that question about Callaway, I think the word would be desperation because that's a guy who was a former top. Uh, he was a high prospect coming out of Florida, you know, had potential. It kind of didn't work out in Cleveland. And then in uh shoot, was it Miami? I want to say it was with the Dolphins. Um, so I think it's just a desperate move to see if you can get anything out of a former top pick. I mean, and that happens all the time in the NFL. There are always guys taking chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs, Kadarius Tony, um, the Chiefs last year when they signed or they traded for uh, DeAndre Baker, the the Giants' corner who mm-hmm. got released last year. So it's, it's teams do it all the time. So I just think that there's nothing I really expect out of it. And especially because I'm I'm, it makes me question the James Robinson move now. Because I feel like that's another player that Washington, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because we don't like. I still haven't heard much about him coming back or when that's going to happen. And I think it may be telling on that situation. Yeah. If anything like that means we might not see him for the rest of the season, or we, you know, just go get OBJ and solve all your problems. I agree. That's the pit. That <laughs> I think. Uh, but after this week against Buffalo, like with Buffalo losing and Dallas losing, it does make his you know negotiations harder for those teams because they did have the like the upper hand. They didn't need them. OBJ. Yeah, they were like playing good, and they were like, okay, well, we can wait on this, and now y'all both lose games that like mean something. I wouldn't say mean something, but they have this narrative to them now, and it's like now, yep. that, like you know, he kind of has power to y'all now. Yeah, and real quick, just one more thing before we. Move on here. Shout out to the Colts, Jeff Saturday, who kind of <laughs> that was a whole wacky situation with the firing of Frank Ryder, then bringing in Jeff Saturday, former player who you know was coaching high school ball two years ago, and that was the last thing he had done coaching wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought his press conference talking about he's a, he wants to be a, lead, a leader among the men and gain the respect of the players. Um, thought that was very telling about the kind of guy he is because I've heard good, I've heard great things about Saturday as a person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Colts, I mean, hey, you know, they went back to Matt Ryan. Uh, Taylor had his signature breakout game that we've been kind of waiting for. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're four five and one. And I mean, and in that division, you're very much alive in the mix, depending on how things go. But kudos to the Colts, because, I mean, 
I think a lot of people, a lot of people wrote them off after you know hiring Saturday, and I think this was my thing. It was cool to see Saturday get that win. My my thing about Saturday was I thought this was a a move to where like it. I think it made a lot of sense. I thought this was a very safe move. Like you're not hiring, uh, you're not promoting a uh, a coordinator that you would want to keep yeah. moving forward because like we saw with like I guess uh, uh, Vegas last year with uh, Pisaccio. Yeah. Like they promoted him, but they didn't do anything with him. You know, they, they're not going to take their, you know, uh, coordinating job back. They're going to, you know, go find, they're going to go somewhere else. Right. And I know he's what special teams coach in uh, green Bay now, but yeah. um, it's just one of those things. Like you don't want to lose any of the staffing you already have. Like you like, if you like everybody else, you might want to go from someone that's outside. You don't want someone to ruffle any feathers. You want someone to like, your fan base, the culture, like they're gonna, you know, rally rally behind, and you brought in someone that is a face, a familiar face in the franchise, yep. and a big one too. Yep. So, I thought it was a very, I wouldn't say smart, but it was very like I got, I saw the thought process, and I'm like, it's not gonna, you know, and when they move on, people are gonna be happy with what he did, but they're not gonna be like, I want to keep him forever, because I just don't think he is a, like I the the win was nice, I just don't see like. Going for there's no future to it. Exactly. Yeah. I think this is a good, you know, finish out the rest of the season. Nobody's gonna be upset that with what you did because you were just thrown into this. They and know if, the situation, you know. And if you make the playoffs, then hey, cool. That's just a little bit cool extra. Cool story. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh yeah, I mean the Colts, kudos to them, the Raiders, yikes. I <laughs> and did you see the story about uh of the sword the story coming out of Vegas, how they can't fire Josh McDaniels? Why can't they? Because they're uh, they're cash strapped right now because they're still paying off John Gruden and his con his hundred million dollar contract, and the, the source said right now the Raiders can't simply can't afford to fire him for the next two years and and then bring somebody else in and pay them exactly because at that point you're paying off three head coaches, so mm-hmm. <laughs> the Raiders you know but if you're if you're the Raiders and if you suck this year. Maybe you give McDaniels a chance to find his quarterback, whether it's Young or Stroud or Hooker or whoever, mm-hmm. and then move on from Derek Carr. Maybe that's the move. I just think the but, hiring of McDaniels yeah. is crap. Like yeah. I think, when has he ever proved he was a good head coach? It's Never. the New, it's the New England way. Exactly, you know. It's the New England way. And he, it's the one like he's always getting these opportunities. It's always him. Well, he coached Denver in '09. Mm-hmm. And then they started off, I think six and zero, and then they completely fell apart. He drafted Tebow and then left Denver, and then in 20, 2017, so like the year they hired Frank Wright, McDaniel's had agreed to coach the Colts, mm-hmm. but the member he backed out exactly. at the very last second and re up with New England, and then the Colts thus hired Frank Wright, which worked out for both teams, I think. Mm. But and, and now you're just seeing another classic. Oh. It's, a Belichick guy who really can't pan out, and Belichick's coaching tree just gets smaller and smaller every time because mm-hmm. there really is no coaching tree. Yeah, he, it's just him because McVeigh has a better coaching tree right now because mm-hmm. McVeigh had Lafleur. Uh, I thought they they weren't like no, they were together in Washington. Yeah, Lafleur, Shanahan, and and McVeigh were together. Mm-hmm. I mean, McVeigh has um, uh, O'Connor from Minnesota. Oh yeah, Kevin O'Connell. Um, Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. That's right, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> that alone's a better coaching tree mm-hmm. than what I've seen in New England. So yeah, um, yeah. So a- any last thoughts before we move on to uh, Odell real quick? 
Uh, no, I think that's about no. it. As a Saints fan, I'm just ready for the off season. So hey, let's uh, let's get to it. Uh, so let's talk about Odell Beckham real quick. Uh, the report came out uh, last week about, you know, uh, he's gearing up, getting ready to come back to play. The teams that he's most interested in would be the Cowboys, Niners, Bills, Chiefs. Um, I forgot one. I'm tripping. He, they were all contenders. I'm he, hold, like hold, even said contenders. Holding the stance right here. But he said, like, playoff-worthy teams, right? Yes. Cow- oh, Giants. Giants. Who, who would have thought? Giants. So let me ask you this, Antonio. So let's just say Odell's ready to go here in a week or so. We'll start fielding offers and calls. Who do you think is the best fit for Odell Beckham Jr.? I'd say he's a good fit in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, like because I don't think you're asking him to do too much. Because um, you CDs, your we've already discussed our number one receiver just does. It's it much like in LA last year. You know, Cup is your one, and then you have Gallup is going to be your deep threat, yeah. be your vertical guy. He just needs to be able to do the the short, the intermediate routes. That's all he has to worry about. Yeah, a chain getter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Basically, what he did last year in LA, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, because like we, I think Dallas's offense is a little too heavily reliant on that those tight ends to get those like intermediate to like those seven or eight yards of certain sevens right. just too heavily reliant on tight ends that just i love our tight end group i really do it's just it's a lot they're to tight ask. ends yeah they're they're gonna they're not as speedy they're, no they're not as, they're not playmakers <laughs> right. like you know and i think we don't have the top tight ends we just don't have the luxury of like you know a kelsey or a kittle uh, even the the next tiers like the Dallas Goddards, we don't have those type of. You have Schultz, but I feel like Schultz is only good when Dax in there because Dax trusts mm-hmm. Schultz, and that's his guy. Mm-hmm. But you and know, he still makes his mistakes. Yeah, so I mean, <sighs> Dallas would be cool. Like that, I think schematically speaking, that probably would be the best fit. But for me, I'm a sucker for stories. Mm-hmm. How would it feel to go back to New York, man? I mean, talk about the Giants, kind of the. Uh, impossible to start they're on right now. You know, Saquon mm-hmm. looking like Saquon of old. Daniel Jones actually looked competent as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's not goofing it up for the Giants. And I think for Odell to go back to Cleveland, I mean, to oh, New Turn York. To New York. <laughs> New York to be, and I think for him, he would be the number one guy. Yeah, because Galladay is. We don't talk about Galladay. We don't talk about Kenny Galladay. And then Kadarius Tony, we knew, like, he's trade traded away, away. You know, they have Slayton. They have. Um, Slayton's not bad. I think he's. A shifty guy. He's a number, a decent number two, a really good number three. I think. And they would have a need because they lost Sterling Shepard, you know, weeks ago. Yeah, they lost him against Dallas. And I, the Niners would be interesting. Only I don't, I wouldn't get it too much because I, I think you have Debo as your number one, you have Ayuk. Ayuk as your number two. Um, they like Jennings. As I say, Jennings like, is an excellent, is like, he's an excellent run blocker. Exactly, and a number, a nice number three, a yeah. nice compliment. And you have Kittle as another, you know, threat. I don't think they that it's not a need. It'd be a luxury for the Niners. Exactly. They've already just grabbed McCaffrey, and that's another thing that they can use in the passing game. I don't see. And them then to mention, they get Elijah Mitchell back from injury, and you mm-hmm. saw in that Charger game, Elijah Mitchell, he was putting in work as a number two back. You know, as the real, you know, yard getter right there, and mm-hmm. it allows you to put McCaffrey in the slot or out wide and let him get involved in the passing game. So mm-hmm. Odell will be nice for the night. It'd be nice. But for the Niners, I think that's more of a luxury than a need. Exactly. To where I think of these other teams, you look at Dallas, they need a guy opposite CD. If you're the Giants, I think you need to have a a a number one receiver to kind of draw attention 
uh-huh. and take some pressure off Jones and Barkley in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are interesting because they've made it work losing Tyreek Hill because now it's kind of a group by committee, but at the same time, everyone has a role and they play it perfectly. Mm-hmm. But, like they, it feels like Tyreek was half of the pie. Kelsey, or no, I think like Kelsey and Tyreek was half the pie, and then right. everybody else was like a little bit. But now it seems like everybody has little bits, and there's like a lot more people. So Doing got- Scantling, uh, Juju, who actually has really had a really good start to the year, but then you have that scary injury. Yeah, that was so like a bad hit. Um, so Juju, Juju's played well. Scantling's had his moments. Nicole Harmon does his thing. So by committee, you've, you've kind of filled the role Tyreek Hill had and, and at that. Tony, we didn't. Yeah, and Darius Tony. He's yeah. playing great. Somewhere. Yeah. So if Odell were to go there. It would make sense because now it's like, who are you going to guard? Because mm-hmm. one of these guys is bound to get open. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs would be cool. The Bills, obviously, you know, the three-headed monster between Diggs and Gabriel Davis and Odell. Mm-hmm. I-, I just don't know how you're going to stop that. On top of having to stop Josh Allen running the football. Mm-hmm. Um, and see, I think that's what like an issue with the Bills is that, like, they're not needy at receiver. I think they're needy at running back, you know? Yeah, Devin Singletary is. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a star running back. Yeah, he's just, a cool complimentary piece. Because mm-hmm, didn't they trade away Zach Moss for Hines? Yes. So I think that, like, I think that was their move. I don't think I forgot, I forgot the trade for Naheem Hines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, forgot about I did that. too in the first second. I so I think that. that's a little bit more help in the run game and in the passing game. So I don't think they're too tight on receiver either. Yeah. Like, I think. And I think, you know, with the Packers kind of being in the position they're in right now, I think you can kind of put that to rest because, uh, you know, I think the Packers to me are kind of like the Rams in the sense of adding Odell. doesn't fix your problems mm-hmm. because Odell will be cool at green Bay, but Odell, I don't think he can handle being a number one wide receiver anymore. And not only that, like, and I a think- green Bay, he would have to be that. And that is relying on the whole team as well because that's a team that's struggling to stay alive in that division because you have teams like Minnesota that are that are running away with it now. Not to mention the NFC, you know, East pretty much has a leg up on everybody because they're so good record wise. Mm-hmm. Like every team, like the NFC East has the all th- those three teams are like playoff like bound right all now. All four right? above five hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, Philly's what eight and one. Eight and one. Dallas is seven and two from uh New York. S- six and three in Dallas. And, and five and five for five Washington. Five. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the, hypothetically, all four of them can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The whole division can go in the playoffs. So I think you take Green Bay out of the equation. I think the Rams, they could be competitive, but like I've always said, like I've always told people, adding Odell to the Rams right now, even if they had Cooper Cup, doesn't fix the Rams' problems. Mm-hmm. Because it's like they, it just seems like they can't run the ball, they can't protect the quarterback. The defense is just not doesn't look nearly as good and, as it did last year. You know, again, I think like the Lakers this year in the NBA, a team that traded away all their assets to win the championship, which both of them did, but now they're both teams that can't rely on the draft because you're having a bank on low end talent to come through, and now you're just seeing a team full of a couple stars and low end talent. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would lean towards Dallas, New York, or Kansas City. Yeah. Mean, those would be my picks. And I, I and that's probably Dallas that's probably those. that's probably the order I put them in too. And I think Dallas is like, like I said, going back to that is the is the best because Kansas I wonder City. Why you, I, I, I wonder feel, why. I wonder why you think that. Well, I wonder, <laughs> but uh, it's like a little bit of. I think it's. 
there's already too many mouths in Kansas City. Like, I don't think he's going to get the attention. And Odell wants to, like, contribute on top of that. Exactly. He wants so he's to, like, be a, a contributor. Big contributor. Um, I think New York, you're asking him to, con- to contribute a little too much. It's fair. Because uh, I think it's kind of going to put the Green Bay thing. It's like you're asking him to be a number one. You're asking him to draw attention. Whereas Dallas, you're asking him to be a number two. That means you're not getting the first read, but you're getting the second one. You are, like, Dak is going to sec- look at you and right after, you you're in the second you know, corner. Exactly. Yeah. So the Dak is going to look your way a lot. Yeah. Um, but I do think I do think the home factor for him plays in with the Giants. I think because mm-hmm. I mean you look at those four teams on paper, you think why the hell are the Giants even mentioned? I think Odell wants to go back and right the wrongs in New York that you know because they and they ended things very sourly. Mm-hmm. So I think OBJ would want to go back and try and help out the Giants in any way he could, which would be cool. But I think like I said, the order the order would be Dallas, New York, Kansas City would be the way I would rank it. Mine would be Dallas. I would probably say Kansas City, then Green Bay, then New York. I think a little, New York is just a little bit lower in my. Opinion. I wonder why. No, it's not to get like <laughs> I like. I have no ill will against New York. I think they're like. I'm happy that they're seven and two. You know. <laughs> right. I'm not just. I'm still not a hundred percent sold on That's them. That's fair. That's but fair. like, I think they're a good team, and I going forward, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with that's fair and we've I've, we've picked on them for years now so it's like okay they can have one mm-hmm. philly i don't i don't like it all so that's fair I don't okay like so really quick let's talk about uh some mid-season awards obviously we weren't here last week so we're gonna dive into it now even though it's like week 10 but with 17 games there really is no halfway point anymore mm-hmm. so let's dive right into it espn and uh, bill barmall released their uh, mid-season awards uh last week uh, so who do you think he has listed for his comeback player of the year? Who do I think they have? Yeah. Who do you think they have and who do you think it should be? Because I'll just tell you right now, the guy that is listed on here, I think should win it. Hmm. The t- wheels are turning. I'm sorry. I'm like, think about your division. NFC East. Oh, Saquon. Saquon, yes. Okay, yeah. Good, very yeah. good one. He's the lead leader in Russia right now. Yeah, I'm... Saquon Barkley. I think that's a guy who... That I... probably will win it, yeah. Probably after the best start since his rookie season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because the last three years have been awful. But, like, just something about seeing Saquon make that jump cut again. And, like, I was like, the NFL is back to where it needs to be. Saquon Barkley is good again. NFL is healing. It is. So, they have Saquon Barkley, and then behind him is Geno Smith. I was thinking that's that would be cool. That's I think I was talking to uh, someone about that. Uh, Gino would be cool because I mean, I Ryan Tannehill wanted uh, after his first year in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and it's like everybody kind of wrote Gino off, and he didn't write back. That's, <laughs> that's so. That's such a Gino Smith answer, though. Like, I liked it. It's so I, corny, but like you it know, works. He, it's just you can't. I, if you hate Gino Smith, there's something wrong with you. I mean, and if Seattle, you know, if they somehow win that division, and then if they even make the playoffs, I think Gino does deserve a lot more, you know, the odds should be leaning towards Gino at that point. Because mm-hmm. nobody expected Seattle to be, granted, nobody expected the Giants to be where they're at either. Mm-hmm. But I think... It's a little bit, a, a quarterback and a running back, it's harder to compare. It's always going to be the quarterback. Exactly. It's always going to be the quarterback. Uh, coach of the year, who do you think they have listed? Um, Is it, uh, is it Ryan DeBall? No, I thought it should have been DeBall. It's a good one. It's not the ball. Oh, is it Phillies? Sirianni. Yeah. 
Sirianni's one, and then the runner-up behind like him, him is Mike McDaniel. That's I. I like I like I like, I like, I like Mike I like McDaniel. I take him over. I don't like Nick Sirianni at all. Hey, that's what happens when you get a soft schedule. You're supposed to, when you beat everybody you're supposed to beat. That's cool and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would probably go. Maybe I will go to ball one just because that environment in New York was so toxic and so. And he cleaned. He, and he cleaned he it up it. real quick mm-hmm. to where they're competing for the playoffs, which I think nobody expected in Miami or uh, New York. But Mike Medano is a very good choice as well. Mm-hmm. What he's done with Tua after everybody has so many questions about Tua, it's I love to see. And he, I and he's a likable person. I think that's like <laughs> another thing, you know. Did you see the clip of him and Justin Fields? I told him to quit scrambling, and he wouldn't. He like, said, did you hear what he said after that? Like, he's like, he's just not coachable or something, right? <laughs> like, I love Mike Daniel, yeah, exactly. man. I, I love him. Like, you got, I, I, I love, love the energy he has. But they have seen Ronnie one, McDaniel two, and I wouldn't personally agree with that. But, hey. Uh, okay, up next, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Aiden Hutchinson. No. Whoa, they really? Who? Sauce Gardner. Good one. From the very, Jets. Very who, good one. He's had a very shutdown uh, year this year. I love the defensive rookies this year. You got those two, Tariq Woolen as well. The guy we um, interviewed at the Senior Bowl. Exactly. Very good. Um, and New hey, York's Aiden? guy. Huh? Uh, I'm sorry, who were you going to say? I was saying, uh, what's his name? New York. Uh, the edge rusher. I liked him, too. Uh, oh, uh, Thibodeau. Thibodeau, yeah. Thibodeau, uh, Hutchinson, who had mm-hmm. that nasty pick against the Packers. Mm-hmm. He's just. Uh, but Sauce Garner has been that lockdown corner this year for the Jets, and he's and again the Jets also in the playoff mix, and it, I think a lot of it has to do with Sauce Gardner has been that guy mm-hmm. uh, for that team. He's just fundamentally sound, and then he's also just a playmaker. He's just yep. a complete corner. Yep. Another guy I would maybe consider I would like to mention would be uh, Devin Lloyd from Jacksonville, the linebacker uh, oh, they yeah. took from Utah, has had a very good year as well. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year. Who do you think they have listed? You have one of them on fantasy. I have a rookie on my team. It, it's mm-hmm. on the the one with our, our dads. Yeah, with our dads. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tripping. I'm, like, a, I'm I'm ashamed. You don't know this answer. Why am I like tripping? I'm so ashamed. Yes, I'm so ashamed. You don't know this answer. Considering I, I, how much I would bet for this guy right now. I'm like, like just. Oh, Olave. Yes. I'm Chris like. Olave. I'm sorry. Like I'm like just like. <laughs> I was like, I don't know why my receiving group. I was like brain farting. I was like forgetting half of them. Like I would, I barely remembered St. Brown. I was like, he's not a rookie. Chris Olave like, currently is top eight in the NFL in receiving yards, despite the quarterback play in New Orleans. Love to see it for him. He's a very good player. I'm happy. I want to see him. more. He's well, not putting up crap fantasy. Well, he doesn't we'll, deserve the reward. When we get Sorry. a quarter, when we get a quarterback, we'll, we'll get it figured out. I promise. Put Jameis in. Forget, forget it. I mean, yeah, that would help out a lot. Uh, they have number two, Garrett Wilson from the Jets, who also had a very nice start to his career. Mm-hmm. And number three, might be like the most breakout guy, would be Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce is nice. From too. Houston. He's just kind of, he is that offense for that Texans team. I think Kenneth Walker should be in the mix too. but Should be, yeah, for sure. Just because like, it, it, I think him and Damian Pierce are the, the very like very similar situations. That's the offense now. Yeah. And it helps, like it opens up the playbook. Uh, playbook. Defensive player of the year. You should know this answer. Micah. It's Micah Parsons. Micah one, Nick Bosa two, and then they have Pat Sertan three. Good list. But who said that? Yeah, Winston needs a lot more of the vision, my friend. He needs he needs a new back, a new ankle, a new I think he just should he retire. Need, I think <laughs> uh, look, I'm a Saints fan, and I know it's been a rough year. 
And, you know, Jameis Winston kind of put this team in a hole early on because he played through the injuries. Uh, and to be honest, he just wasn't playing good. And injuries or not, he still committed brand, He still committed some pretty awful turnovers. And I think injuries can't cover that up. So they made the switch to Danny Dalton. I'm not going to get into a Saints rant because I'm not going to talk about that today because I do that enough already as it is through Canal Street. But it's just rough. And I, I may have been a little too high on Jameis Winston this year. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, Tony. Maybe maybe a tad. A little too high on Jameis. Would just, you agree? Just a little. Just, just a, a little, little. Just a little. Tad. Just a tad. I mean, I only had them as a dark horse. Speaking of, you know, I, I only had them. a player of the year, and we got Micah Parsons with his first touchdown of the season. I only, had, I only had the Saints listed as a, as a dark horse contender, but maybe a little too much. Yeah, that's still, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, offensive player of the year. Who do you think it is? Um, and this is the right answer. The, the player they list here is the right is it answer. Derek? No. no, I was like, I'm glad. I'm glad like Tennessee is like quiet now because I'm like, I think Derek Henry's great, and I just think that that team is just oh. it is only Derek Henry. So yeah, I think that's the issue. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. I'm like, can you give me something else? Jeffrey Simmons, that defensive tackle. He's a beast. Yeah, that's all I can give you. Um, offensive player of the year. Player of the year. I'll give you a hint. It was one of the big wide receivers that got traded in the off season. Oh, Tyreek. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Deserve Tyreek Hill was on pace to shatter the wide receiver record for uh, most yards in a season. Mm-hmm. And again, I just want to point out DeAndre ain't here, but I'm gonna give the Dolphins their flowers where they're due. Because mm-hmm. to a team, man, like me and DeAndre, I think Javante Mackay were on record for tearing up Tua. And me and DeAndre, we were on the Tua train. Tua just needed the right head coach and the right system and, and that, the right players. Going to your coaching point. That, Mike McDaniel. I think uh, there was a video. I, I don't know if I sent it to you. Uh, it was him and Mike McDaniel. Like, just like the way they communicate on it's, the sideline, it's great. It's no. so like they just trust in each other. Oh, the the one where he says, what play do you like? And he's like, the one where the one the play where you call a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's like a title of a Friends episode. That's my thing. It was like, I think it was not a huge loss for it. I think it's a big loss for Kansas city, but it was like, it wasn't one that they, it was a, a hole they couldn't overcome. You know? Right. Yeah. I think the coach with coaching alongside with talent, it's just hard to beat. You can't beat Mahomes and, and Reed and Reed. It's yeah. just, that's very can, much but, fair. I mean, that's very much fair. And a really quick, um, let me pull up these college football rankings. I just quickly want to discuss or just throw it out there how I feel things are going right now because it's going to be very interesting because currently, Tony, I know you don't keep up with college football that much, but TCU, you know you know the streak they're on right now? You know they're very good? Mm-hmm. They're ranked fourth in college football. Wow. So technically, when the you know when they select the playoff teams, TCU's in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, if TCU can – but I think the only path TCU has – doing that is they have to win out and then they have to win the big 12 because i think at the end of the day you know it's going to be uh georgia is undefeated obviously they're going to get in tennessee still has a shot if they can beat and win the sec because they're they're a one loss team but they beat alabama lsu was eight and two lsu beat alabama mm-hmm. um but they lost to tennessee so it's kind of a wacky race as far as the sec is concerned yeah. because georgia bama I'm sorry, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, LSU. That's three teams out there that could all are duking it out for the SEC, which is kind of wacky. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State, they're undefeated. We know what they're going to do. But Northwestern kind of exposed C.J. Stroud on that offense a little bit. So kind of interested in you know when they play Michigan, how that goes. Because both of them, are, they're kind of on that path. Michigan, Ohio State to win their conference. And I just think for TCU being in the Big 12, it's a weaker conference. So I feel like no matter what, they have to win out. They have to win the Big 12 to even have a shot to get in because of the level of competition versus the SEC and then obviously Ohio State and or Michigan. So it's going to be an, inter- an interesting race for sure in college football. Um, and not that much, you have USC as well. So um, they're 9-1. They're seventh right now behind LSU. So Bama's done nonetheless, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That darn then it might be the end of Alabama for being serious because you think so. I think the way the way with open recruiting now and you know the NIL is or um, you know the you can basically recruit the hell out of kids and offer them much of money for now. And I think the problem with Alabama is that Nick Saban is so set on the idea of my name and my brand is enough that it will attract athletes because mm-hmm. Alabama will be enough, right? But you see teams like Texas, Texas A&M, uh, USC throwing buku bucks at these kids. Mm-hmm. So not only go play football for the programs, but also we're going to give you $5 million to come play. Mm-hmm. Shred at a high school. That's crazy. And, exactly. and my, if it were me, if I was going back and if I was 18 coming out of high school, and I had the choice between Bama and Texas and if Bama or Texas offering me more money to go play in Austin – I'm going to Austin. Well, also, it's because you live here, too. Oh, yeah. So. Okay. okay. U.S. Well, no, because I'll pick California. You got to think about markets, too. Like, yeah. Think about, like, you know, who wants to go to Bama? Because I mean, Al- Alabama? Do you want to? We've been to Alabama. Do you want to live there? No, it's not very fun. Exactly. There's like, a Bojangles, and that's about it. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's one here now, right? They're opening one up. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, but, but but you get like the brand Nick Saban. He's gonna try and sell athletes on my program. That I used can to be win. enough. Now it's no longer enough. Yeah, but now with teams openly recruiting, because now it's legal. Like you know, before mm-hmm. it's all under the table. You know, work can't get out because then we'll get in trouble. But now it's open. Like it's 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 free agency for college kids. Mm-hmm. And you know, with the transfer portal, with the transfer portal, you know, if you saw some like Alabama is so stacked that all these like Alva Kamara, he was at at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Didn't get playing time. Went to Tennessee, but now you could transfer in and out whenever you want to at college in college football. So I think Bama, maybe not the end, but it's kind of like e like they got to figure out they they're they got to adjust up their game. Now. They got to adjust to the new game because mm-hmm. nil and marketing and um you know just the ability to recruit openly with all these things you could throw at these kids. Mm-hmm. Texas has the money. A&M has the money. USC has the money. All of them have the money to do it. Money and market. That's yeah. the, the biggest things. And like like you said, going you got to look at the viewpoint of a young kid trying to get his career, like build a career, you know? Yeah, and, and sure, Saban will get you the NFL. But, I mean, realistically. And what's realistically that you play for Bama? We, like, you, like going back to what you said about Kamara, like he didn't even get – Get to play at Bama. So no, he, he transferred to... out to Tennessee. Exactly. And so. I mean, so at Bama's just got to figure out what they're going to do because it's going to be and interesting. If I'm looking at that. Like, if I'm a kid right now, I'm like, I'm going to take the money now, take what I can get now, and then if worst case scenario, I can transfer. 
I and not to figure, mention, I can figure it out. And not to mention, you know, you can make even more money with uh, with deals from local businesses and sponsors. Exactly, market. It's about yeah, like, what's I around mean, you. What like you know, and I mean, what is in Bama? Like going back to that, what is in Bama? Do you know what Bama's known for? You know, like I don't. Like off the top of my head, incest. Yeah, <laughs> like that. It's just. Uh, I mean, moonlight. Moonshine. I, mean, I was to say moonlight. Mo- moonshine. Moonshining. Uh, I don't know what else you do in Alabama. You hunt for Bigfoot. I don't even think Bigfoot wants to be in Bama. No, I mean, and, and not, I mean, USC is a perfect example of that, right? Because it's California. It's the it's Southern California. It's the West Coast. You're getting paid, so you're gonna. And not fine. to mention the, the not to mention the market in California alone. Exactly. And so. in Texas, there's no income tax on anything. So whatever money they have on that contract, that's yours. None of it goes back towards the state. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dallas and Austin are both top, I would assume, the top 15 markets. Mm-hmm. I know Dallas for sure is, but I'm, I'm, I would assume Austin is around that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's crazy. Because exactly. Bama's got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think so I don't think it's an end, but like if they, they don't get, adjust soon, they're going to have to... They're gonna have to get rid of Saban to bring somebody who will. You're play gonna the have game. to, and that's the thing is that's the hardest part is that you're gonna have to bring in a guy that's enticing. That it's almost like a salesman, like selling you. That's what it is. Play here, you know, and that's, that's like what, another. That's like a thing you, you that you have to bounce out in the NFL too. Is like bringing coaches that are not only good coaches but that are attracting players, like making players want to play there. Yep. Yeah, or, or even bringing in the right players to bring in other players, you know? So, like, I mean, uh, when Odell went to Cleveland, you know, Jarvis was already there and established himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the, it's just all about connecting and, and, you know, making the right moves. But I think, again, Alabama's got to figure out next year how they can step up their recruiting game. Because I think if they don't, then you might be in a, a situation to where I think all these teams are getting more money because they're playing well. Um, and they'll throw buku bucks at kids. And, I, and Bama just won't because they think the brand's enough. And nowadays, it just simply isn't. Because mm-hmm. teams can openly recruit. And uh, it's a toughie. It's a toughie for sure. Um, but real quick, last two things we'll do here before we log off for the day. Let's do some drafts. We'll we'll do the we'll do the fun one first. Uh, let's do our MCU Marvel movie draft. Uh, we'll do five movies a piece. We'll just go back and forth at it. Now we both have not seen Wakanda Forever yet. I'm gonna go tomorrow and watch it. And Tony, you're planning to go once uh once the restrictions lift. Or I don't know if I can say that or not, but I mean. Yeah, I'm just gonna wait until we can use passes for it. He works in a movie theater. He can go watch them for free but disney is being a, a turd about it they're always like that That's yeah i feel is. that i feel that so uh i'll let you go first bud i'll give you the first pick i'll be generous i'll this give you for all MCU all, all the mcu movies uh do you want to count the shows or no uh nah no nah, okay. and, and that includes the specials like uh wolf by night which i loved love that movie it's an ode to horror movies so i loved it but yeah mm. so we won't count those we won't um, count those. I'll probably go Infinity War. That's a solid pick. I can't argue that. Mm-hmm. Probably the best MCU movie in all seriousness. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best one. And I'm going to counter you. <sighs> Endgame. You know, say what you want about the time travel flaws and all that. But I think the portal scene alone, I can watch that on a loop all day. Because I think that's just 23 movies 
adding up to that yeah. moment alone. That's, that's like it. That was like gonna be my like next pick. So or my second round pick. Yeah, that, that, I'm gonna go with Endgame because that's just it's a beautiful ending to the Infinity Saga. Absolutely. I'm gonna go Civil War then after that. It's a good pick. That might be like my favorite Russo film. So, well, no, that one. Yeah, that's you a really good film. Yeah, you could. I, I wouldn't. Uh, and like, like the that upset. trailer was so good too. Like, like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. So, look, at work, I got bored. So I looked up. I, I was like, you know, let's watch some Marvel trailers while I'm up here. I had them all on a loop, and it's like Civil War. It, it hyped up so you much. Spidey and Black Panther, and like it hyped so much of like the, like the Avengers really are breaking up, and this is the end of the Avengers. And, and it, we got and it delivered too. It delivered. Also, like seeing seeing Tom Holland, I never thought we'd see Spider because I think at that point we all kind of were okay with not having Spider Man. Yeah, it, we were like, okay, we we're well, cool let's wait them. until they get it right. Yeah, but. When they brought him in, we were like, holy crap, no way. Speaking of Spider-Man. suit, too. Yeah. I think that was a big talking Speaking point. of Spider-Man, I'm going to go, I'm going to just say it. Kenneth's not going to be happy. He's already nodding his head. Spider-Man No Way Home. You can say what you want about the nostalgia factor, but I think full circle, it does give you the best version of Peter we've seen. Um, and not to mention, I think all the, you know, all the older characters serve their roles and have their moments. And I think it does redeem a lot of the characters, uh, you know, in the Maguire and the Garfield movies. Mm-hmm. And again, it gives us like the best interpretation of Spider-Man we've gotten, where he lost everything, and now he's got to build it back up. Yeah, so that's Spider-Man, a solid pick. I think I have three so far, or I have no, I have two. Right, two. We're on our third one: Infinity um, War and Civil War. I'm gonna go with. I'm looking at all of them. Give me the first Avengers, then. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm picking next, then. Huh. Winter Soldier. I was going to do that. I was like, I think I'd rather watch the first Avengers. It's a that. good movie. Like, I mean, it started it all. Like, without the Avengers, you never have anything else, really. Mm-hmm. But Winter Soldier, that's a damn good movie. It's so good. And it's, like, different than a Marvel movie. For sure. Yeah. Let me go with Winter Soldier. My fourth pick will be. Let me look at bye weeks real quick. <laughs> yeah, look at the matchups. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like what division this one's in. Um, a little bit of a crazy one out there, but I'm going to go Doctor Strange, the first one. Okay. That's just a personal favorite of mine. I'm going to go My with sleeper. the first Iron Man. Oh, okay. Good one. Very good one. Started it all. And my last pick. You know what? Another kind of, I think, curveball is uh, give me the first Guardians. I like the first Guardians. Okay, that's good. Okay. I think I'm going to go with... Give me Ragnarok. That's how I figured it was going to be Best interpretation. The best Thor movie. Best version of Thor we've gotten. Um, good point. So, yeah. No, give me Thor. Okay. I'm going to rock with Thor. Like so. So I think uh, on that note, we're going to wrap things up here because I got to do a very important phone call here. So this is the phone drive signing off. This has been Alec and Tony. We'll see you guys next week. And hey, shout out to you guys on TikTok for watching. Make sure you bring the comments. We're looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. So until then, we'll see you guys next week.